is December 24th. It's the eve of Christmas as we're preparing to, to, to rally around and, and get ready to deal with our kids yelling at us, it's Christmas, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Or better yet, you're dealing with all the craziness that happens with everything else. But more importantly, we're getting ready to celebrate the Savior's birth. The day that Jesus came onto the earth in a wild whirlwind kind of storm. But before we can get really into it, I just want to go through and recap where we've come through this month. Because the month of December, we've been going through and trying to prepare ourselves for what the day really represents. Like the first week we talked where Brother Jim preached on hope. And he lit the candle for hope. And how we have hope because our Savior came to redeem that was lost and to restore that which was broken and, and to, to, to make ways when there's no way. And then after that, we talked about how he came to bring peace. Peace. When he came on the world in such a fashion that it set everything into a tailspin. But yet his word says that he is the king of peace. And we can hold on to that even in our trials and tribulations that we have. And then last week we lit the candle for joy. And joy we saw as the kids danced for the Lord with all their might. As they reminded us of why we can still have joy even in the face of such opposition. Not opposition that you would expect but just opposition in life because we know that life is difficult. It's the roller coasters and the ups and downs. But if we would put our faith like a child, we could dance with all of our might like David danced before the Lord. But this week, something special, and Brother Jim alluded to it, we're remembering that love comes through Christ. And we will light that candle this morning. But love is a term that many of us don't fully comprehend. And I just want to say that love has to revolve around one thing and one thing only. And that is our fifth candle, which is Christ the Lord. The Apostle John, in his letters to the church, reminds us of this key, relevant fact. I'm sure that most of you could quote some of these scriptures verbatimly. I know I learned some of these scriptures through secular avenues, but I think they're so profound that we have to start off our sermon this morning with these. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. John Chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. You see, John wants us to know that throughout all of history, Jesus was there. And if he was there, he witnessed all of the depravity, all of the struggles, all of the strife, and even better, all of the compassion 
all of the hearts being changed and transformed. He witnessed it all. But it was even more profound because what John doesn't stop there when he's writing his, his gospel account to the church. Because he says the actions that Jesus saw were actions that were so great, but nothing was so profound as what is coming. And he said, this is how it happens when Jesus quoted and he says, For the God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, today, as we get ready to read the story about how Jesus came into the world, we have to start off by understanding this one fact. That Jesus was at the beginning, and the truth is that he came right on time for his work of redeeming all of humanity. Love entered the room. And that's where we have to go back to the scriptures. The birth of Christ. Matthew, I love Matthew and how he writes it. He starts off with, a, with the avenue of a promise that was being kept and a declaration of hope. Where he says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When Mary was betrothed to her husband Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And the, her husband Joseph, being a just and unwilling to put her into shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he was considering these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife. For this, or for that which is conceived within her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You ever wonder how he got the name? That's how he got his name. For he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel commanded him, and he took his wife, but knew her not, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And then Luke highlights it this way, of the horribleness of, of the craziness of life when he talks about in the days that there was a decree from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered and that the first of the uh, first registration um, would be from Quinus, the governor of Syria, and all went to their registered or to be registered and each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. And because the house... In the lineage of David, he had to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, they came together to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. Let us pray this morning. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the fact that we can come into this place. And we can hear your message, Lord, and we can hear your truth, and more importantly, we can hear the reason for the season. So God, I ask you to touch me, get me through this quickly, Lord, so we can go home and get ready for the festivities that are going to happen. 
but God, let us leave a mark and, and an impression, Lord, from the day of why we celebrate this season when the craziness comes up. Be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? The truth is we have all heard the story of Jesus' birth more times than we could count. If you had watched Charlie Brown Christmas special, you would have saw Linus get up and declare all the wonderfulnesses of Jesus coming on the earth as he dropped his one comfort of his blanket and resolved to have his comfort and confidence in Christ. If you've been around any long, you know how Jesus was born in some crazy times where, 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 where Mary and Joseph show up in Bethlehem and there's no room for them to get checked in, so they get stuck into a cave and a dwelling place full of animals. And there it is that we get to see the story of how Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, is wrapped up in some swaddling clothing and put into a manger, which is nothing but a glorified feeding trough, and allowed to fall asleep. You see, those are, those are fun, wonderful stories that we have. But we have to really fo put our focus on, on some key aspects of this story that we often overlook and, and take for granted. The first one is love came into the world in a time and a manner so that it would be fulfilling the purpose of understanding to uncover the nature of our struggles. You see, Jesus came on the earth in the form of humanity to be the sacrifice for our insufficient ways and means to realize our proper place. How does that mean that love comes in? Growing up, I can remember what love felt like every time I'd go to my grandparents' house. Because my grandma and grandpa would look at me and go, Oh, how are you doing today, Stephen? And I'd be like, where's the presence? But as I reflect in my adult years, I can remember the moments and the smile on their face and the care and the love that took place as they meticulously did everything they could to try to bring joy in my life. They loved me. I remember it every single day. I try to do it with my own kids to let them know that they are loved no matter what it takes, even when they do wrong, Lydia. I only have one kid here today, so I get to razz on her a little bit. But you see, Jesus coming in the barn shows us the heart of God. What? That just seems so crazy. How does that show the heart of God? It shows it like this, that we see that God was not looking for the boastful. God was not looking for, for, for the ones that had it all together. God was not looking for the ones that deserved the pat on the back. God looked down in love and said, I want to set you into a place where you realize that you are loved and in the right place right here, right now. So he allowed him to be born of a virgin who didn't have the means of a king or a princess. He allowed him to be born of a virgin who, who was waiting and had to worry about whether her husband was going to leave her. He allowed him to be born of a virgin on a trip where it would be so horrendous in our ideas. 
I mean, I couldn't imagine Melissa being pregnant saying, Honey, we got to ride a camel 55 miles back to our hometown. Oh, I'm going to be miserable. But that's exactly what they did. And when they got there, there was nothing. But in the proper time, in the proper place, we see that love entered the world in the lowest of places so he could be exalted in the highest of places. You see, we have a lot of people in the church that think that they have to have their acts all together before they can walk in the doors. It's not so. Mary and Joseph didn't have their act together when they had Jesus the first time. They were a work in progress. They were in the process of trying to figure it all out. But yet, they walked in this thing called obedience. But yet they walked into a place where, where they said, God, we trust you with everything that we have so that we can see your love in us. And we need to realize that that's something that we need to reflect on our own lives this morning. That as Christ loved us, we need to love him. And better yet, that if Christ loves us, that he'll equip us with what we need. You see, I, I'm reminded this morning of the shepherds and the wise men. How they saw the star. And they had two different responses about what they were going to do. The wise men, they saw it and knew that the notoriety and the, and the nobility of the king was born. And they pursued after him with all their means that they could. But the shepherds, when they saw the star and the angel appeared, they were fearful. I don't know about you this morning, but have you been struggling to see where you're at in your own moments? But I want to attest right now that if love enters the room, you should not fear. But you should try to find the rejoicing bones in your body to allow him to be exalted in everything that you have. Because only then can we really understand that God's love was sent into the world by coming in the lowest of forms of a baby to show us his love as a personal revelation to each of us. What does that mean? That means God loves the rich man. God loves the poor man. God loves the religious man. God loves the sinner. God loves the whole world. That he say, sent his only begotten son in the lowest of fashions to provide the proof in the pudding, so to speak, to allow us to see the hope in our everyday lives. He loves each and every one of you this morning. He wants you to know that you are more valuable and more treasured than you'd ever understand. But I always find it funny that people often think they know what love is. Love is. The world tells me that they love all these different things. My kids, they tell me they love Gabby's dollhouse, Doc McStuffins. Lydia loves makeup. My wife loves phase 10 on her phone. But what is love? I already kind of highlighted it this morning, but love entered the room when Christ came in 
because he exemplifies what love is. He, he, he reminds us that love is patient, it is kind, it is gentle, it is, it, it is not bearing wrongs, it is not holding on to grudges, it is, it is going beyond and, and above. Better yet, love is sacrificial, willing to lay down your own life for those that are around you. See, love walked into the room inside of the cave when we celebrate it because he wanted to show us the real revelation of how much God loves each and every one of us, that he was willing to do everything it took to fix it. But we struggle day in and day out all the time to try to remember that key moment and that key point. That's why my wife this week looked at me and says, why don't we just cancel Christmas service because it's Christmas? Calling you under the bus, honey. I love you. And I had to look at her and I said, honey, what's the reason for Christmas? Lydia, what did I say? Oh, great question. You want to come up and talk to people? I looked at my wife and I looked at my kids and I said, do you realize the reason for Christmas is because Jesus came. He sat in gestation for nine months within his mama's womb. He left the throne room and came as a little baby. Let me tell you, it would have been a whole lot easier for God to save the world in many ways, according to our understandings, if he would have came as a full-fledged adult, taking off of his angel wings and just said, hey, I'm here, and just squashed all of our enemies. But that's not what he did. We celebrate Christmas because he was not willing to go the easy route. He was willing to go the hard route. He wanted to go the deep route. He wanted to go the long road. Because he knew that you were more worth it than you'd ever understand. You see, God came in the lowest of forms to show us that even in our hard times and our tribulations, even in our doubts, our discouragements, even in our own kerfuffles of, 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 of things that we go through. Yes, it's a word. My wife's over there. If, if you ever want to know what a pastor's thinking, look at his wife. Love you, babe. But he came in the lowest of forms to show us where our reward's going to be coming through. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 reminds us, and it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a woman betrothed to a man named Joseph in the house of David. And, and, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came into her and says, Greetings, O favored one. Let the Lord, or the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled and saying, uh, and tried to discern what the meaning of this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and the kingdom will be, there for, or to, uh, will be there, and there will be no end. You see, it was this young lady that, that, would, that was fearing the world, but, but there was something within her that was treasuring the hope that was going to be put into her little arms. 
That this child would, would, that she would learn to love. And, and Joseph, I'm sure, the second he held his little boy, changed his life. You see, we need a reminder like that sometimes. We need a reminder what love looks like sometimes. I was going through this, and I, and I can remember... October 15th, 2008. Me and my wife, we went to the hospital, knew what was coming. And I thought I knew what love was. But there was something that transformed our lives that day. The second that I saw Lydia come out, and I had the doctors put her in my arms for the first time. Yes, I got to hold her first. Mama didn't. And I can remember my life had two thoughts. Don't drop, don't drop, don't drop. And the second thing was, nothing will ever happen to you. So help me, God, because I love you so much. You see, I looked at that and I thought about that and I thought about how Mary was holding Jesus in her arms after she had already held on to the promises of what the angel was saying. But something transpired in that room and that, that cave when she held little Jesus and when she passed him on to Joseph and he held little Jesus and their lives were like, oh my gosh, this is what love feels like. You see, what we need to do is to start getting back to that point. Where we reflect on Christ and we see how his love, his joy, his peace, and his hope comes in. But it has to start where we put our priorities back on Christ every single day. Not about the tree. Not about the lights, as beautiful as those are. Not about the, 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 the Christmas music on the radio station on the way to work. Not about the presents under the tree. Not about the cookies. Not about all the food you're about to indulge in out there in the lobby because everybody brought sweets this morning. Not about anything. But with the preparation where we set our hearts with the full intention to love God fully as we look to Him and say, God, if I love you, I want to give you everything. Not without restraint. I want to learn to worship Christ. That's what we need to get back to church on Christmas. That's why at our house, every year we usually sing happy birthday to Jesus. We usually try to bake a cake and make it all fancy and have fun. That's why when the girls open their presents, they know that they're gifts, but they're not for them. But it's a way of honoring God because we love them so much because God loved us first. See, what I'm trying to get to churches, and we're going to get out early this morning, is that if love entered the room, Andy, if you'll come, if love entered the room, he enters the room today. He enters the room today to allow us to realize that we can worship like like all of the characters we can remember, like how Mary worshipped and treasured the angel over what was spoken to her. 
Joseph worship and obedience as he followed the commands of the angel that he had in his dream. The wise men worshipped Jesus and, and gave them their finest of things because they knew he was the king. And the shepherds worshipped by following the star and bowing down at his feet. If you'll stand with me this morning. That's what we need to get to. We need to get to quit looking at the trees and start looking for the reason. We need to quit looking at our own selves and start looking for the real love that we need in our lives. We need to quit looking to our own ideas and start trusting him and all that we have. Only then can we have what the, what the Isaiah spoke for unto us is born, and a son is given, that the government shall be upon his shoulders, and we shall call his name Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of the government and, and, of, the government and of the peace, there will be no end. And the throne of David over the, his kingdom to be established it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From this time forth forevermore. Only then can we really understand that, that what we're aiming for is to exalt Him because He first loved us. So Father God, Lord, I thank You for this morning. I thank You for every person that came this morning. I thank You that You remind us of the reason for the season. I thank You that You loved us more, that You would come in the lowest of forms to remind us of our proper place and that our relationship's always going to be with you first. So God, this morning I ask you to touch each and every one of us in this place. Guide us, be with us, Lord, as we get ready to go spend time with family. Touch those that are bodily sick, Lord, that are, are dealing with all these different illnesses, Lord. Touch them and heal them, Lord, supernaturally. And Lord, give them peace and patience, Lord, in all that they're going to go through this weekend, Lord. Even as the craziness and the chaoticness, let us remember that we have hope because of you. We have peace, Lord, in our storms because of you. We have joy to dance and, and rejoice in you. But we have love because you loved us first. Be with us, Lord, this, this Christmas season, the next few days, the next few weeks as we get ready to go into the new year. Let us put a little reflection, Lord, in our minds, Lord, as we lean in on you. But be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name.